Hello there, and welcome to the Big Boss Book Club. Thank you for listening to the Big Boss Book Club. You can follow us on Instagram at Big Boss Book Club, Twitter at Big Boss 010, and on Facebook at Big Boss Book Club. Uh, you can support the show by giving us a follow on any of those social media platforms, uh, a review on any of the platforms that the podcast is available, such as uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and Google Podcasts, as an example. You can also subscribe to the show on any of those platforms as well, so you get the show sent straight to you on its release. Um, our link tree is also available on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, this week we are jumping into uh, WWE Judgment Day 2002, the pay-per-view event, not premium, like premium live event. Um, this was actually held on the 19th of May 2002, which I surprisingly do have noted down. We are recording this on the 19th of May 2022, so actually 20 years uh, since the show was uh, initially uh, aired. Um, thank you to my guest for, for pointing that out. Um, this show was essentially main evented by The Undertaker taking on Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the Undisputed Championship. Um, probably one of those shows that I look back on with fond memories, but after re-watching it, realised I don't understand where those fond memories are coming from. Um, usually, we would be in the studio, in speech quotes, where I'd be, again, yapping away, and then I would bring on my guest in a separate part we're not doing that we're going back to how we were for wrestlemania it's another discord special so i'm joined today by a very special guest um i did try and come up with something very similar to what i came up with for our wrestlemania episode unfortunately i couldn't come up with anything that would top it um so i'd just like to welcome series regular guest star a supporting cast member uh martin how's it going brother very nice to have just sort of a a neutral intro for once without any nicknames or anything. It's 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 pleasant. It's wonderful to be here in what is my new house and my new little office to record in. Yeah, yeah. we're all doing well, man. We're all doing well. <laughs> for the show, see, so you reminded me actually that the show is is obviously this is the nineteenth of May when we're recording. Yeah, um, yeah tw- twenty years 20 ago years. today. Not today wow. the podcast, but yeah, exactly <laughs> twenty years ago today. Exactly 20 years ago, I would have been 12, excited to watch this pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh my God, I'd have been 15. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's scary, that is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, um, I know we obviously discussed this pay-per-view back in series two, episode yeah. six. We've been talking about doing this one for a while. Yeah, so we're finally here now. We're finally going to get it on uh, on recording. It's. I feel like it's going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> to talk about maybe to. I I put off watching this for a long time. And we'll get into why. I did try and rewatch this a while ago, and I'm not going to lie. I, I I did turn it off and just thought I'll I'll wait. <laughs> um, it is a struggle. Um, one thing I do want to bring up before we go into the actual main event of the uh, like the card, we'll run through the card mm-hmm. quickly. The theme for the song was broken by Twelve Stones. I've still got the album that that song's on. It's such a yeah. such a good album. It, it felt very like that's the style of music that I was listening to when I was twelve, and that I was 
getting big into at the time. So it it, it felt quite comforting to have that, but it also felt sort of like a false sense of security because you're like, here's nice music from when you were that age. Like, well, this is going to be a fun romp. None of this was a fun romp. (laughs) I'm not normally negative about wrestling, but like, oh, I did not. I actually watched this in three sittings today. Um, I enjoyed each sitting less than the last. Well, what we'll do is then we'll run down the car quickly and then we'll mm-hmm. jump in. So the ma- uh, there are eight matches we that are on the main card. I didn't include any pre-Sunday Night Heat or anything like that type of matches. Um, so match number one is Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam for the IC title. We then have Trish Stratus versus Stacey Keebler for the women's title. It's cute that you call that one a match. It, yeah, well, yeah, we'll go into that, I guess. Um, We've got Lesnar and Heyman teaming up to take on the Hardy Boys. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin in a handicap match against The Big Show and Ric Flair, who's uh, just announced like a couple of days ago that he's getting back in he's the ring. Getting, yeah, he's having his last match this summer song weekend. Well, Heavily I, dating this podcast, but we, we might talk about that. Might have to do a it, summer song weekend special. Oh, it's, it's on the cards. It is on the cards. It's the biggest um, party of the summer. It is the biggest party of the summer. We have Edge versus Kurt Angle in a hair versus hair match, a match me and Jim were talking about actually a little bit earlier on, and Triple H versus Chris Jericho in Hell in a Cell, a match I completely forgot was a Hell in a Cell match. We have Rikishi and Rico versus Billy and Chuck. I thought, oh, actually, I, mm, does that count as a spoiler? Because technically, well, it's on the DVD. It's 20 years ago. If you haven't watched this, one, good. Two, it's not a spoiler. Do yourself a favour, read the back and leave. <laughs> read the back of the DVD case and just stop. Oh, it's that one. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, our main event, which sees... Oh, I've put Triple H again. I know why that is, because it's Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker for the uh, WWE Undisputed title. Um, I know. didn't like this match that much in 91. Even 11 years later, didn't exactly do it any favours. At least the one in '91 had a very young Ric Flair involved, which which kind of you know. Ric Flair was still on this card. Honestly, I didn't like. I wanted to try and go into this with the innocence of a twelve-year-old, so I didn't do any. I knew like I tried to remember bits that were on this card, so I knew about like hair versus hair being on here, the Hell in the Cell match, that Taker Hogan match. But there was so much of this pay per view that I was like, wait, this happened tonight? Like this was this pay. Like, there was like eight or nine times where I was like, wait, this was here. Like, yeah. I, I essentially feel like I've watched the entirety of 2002 in three one hour bursts with this card. <laughs> like, there was so much of this that I thought was like, there was bits of this that I thought that happened at King of the Ring, like the Rikishi stuff. There was bits of this that I thought that happened the month before at Backlash. Oh, wow. Like, I thought the hardest match happened at Backlash straight after Mania. Nope, it's here tonight. Like, I think it's a, is it a handicap match the month before? Must be like it must be something like there must be some. I don't know if this show's just like big on its repeats of sort of like it, it's backlash, backlash essentially. Backlash, backlash that, that's what they yeah. should call the show. Um, so we'll jump in with match one then. Let's get the okay. show on the road. We've got Eddie Guerrero. Just before we get to match one, did you what did you think of like the set and the stage with the giant tombstones? I feel like that's what they've kind of been doing with Judgment Day for a bit, or at least it seems it's to right. have been a rinse and repeat kind of uh, yeah, vibe. there's. There's two things I've noticed that they had been doing because when the network rolled over, it also had to play Judgment Day 2003 and something stuck in my head. So this tombstone sort of motif, it's quite nice. Like I like what they're going for with Judgment Day. I've always liked Judgment yeah. Day because it's been, it always tended to be 
around my birthday. So my parents would yeah. like stay up when I was a kid. Like my birthday's on May 18th and the amount of times that it fell either on May 18th or like within the vicinity meant I got to watch these a lot. But there's a line that they seem to say in all of the promo packages for Judgment Day where it always starts off and goes, have you had a good life? Like, what? <laughs> I, I'm 12. <laughs> Don't put that existential crisis on me at this young of an age. I, I just want to watch Triple H and Jericho do a bit of a wrestle in a cage. Like, I don't want to ask if I've had a good life already. You do you do you question your life decisions at your, at yeah, your age? Like, like, that, no, that spooky girls and then King moaning about some boobies. It's like what is? It's been ten oh, minutes. Like the uh, the young girls. Anyway, that, uh, anyway, match one. <laughs> the young girls are uh, uh, before we do. The young girls are uh, like a staple for Judgment Day because obviously they were in the Undertaker's return package yeah. as well, weren't they in two thousand? They'll um, all be in their late 20s now. They've probably all got like, I don't know, I can see them all being like heroin addicts and just living on the street. We were in the WrestleMania, we were in the WWE once. I'm sure you were. Here's, here's, here's a couple of dollars, go get yourself some crack. I took a target in, I expected. So Eddie Guerrero versus RVD, yeah? <laughs> so the Intercontinental title. Um, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've never been a, I was never a, a big rvd fan anyway and at this bit it's, it's a few months before i start caring about eddie guerrero yeah so i was actually really surprised at how much i actually enjoyed this match i was big on these two lads when when i first watched this and the second i heard eddie's music like i'd seen how young he was i knew what this match why like, i knew what this match was going to be so i was like really settled in like this is going to be like this is the way you want to start a pay-per-view this is going to be good I felt a bit let down by this, and it might be nostalgia at play. Really? Yeah, I thought it was like another 10 minutes longer than this actually was. Like, the match was really good. It was really fast-paced. It was like them probably going hell for leather. And Not like really slow. Loads of the counters and stuff like that, and then he both missed the frog splash and was like, right, here we go, 10-minute stretch. Let's get settled in. And then the match just ended, and I was like, what? Like, this... Where's where is the rest of it? Where 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 is the rest of the gourmet meal I've been promised? Yeah, yeah, it was a very very quick finish. My recollection for this match was that it was a, a battle of the frog splashes, wasn't it? Because Eddie had not long come back, I believe. He'd only been back in the company not long. Not that he, long, no. Yeah, you because know, him and um, there was another guy he used to do a diving head, but I can't remember his name. They came back pretty much like the same time, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And because then later on they both got drafted to SmackDown. Mm. Steph Max stole them both. Didn't they get traded to SmackDown? Like it was part of a deal for, wasn't it part of the deal for Triple H or something? Or was that Booker T and the Dudleys and I think in 2008? There was was a deal, there was those two went as a pair because it's when they started the, that might have been a bit further on because that's how they started the United States title tournament. Yes, yeah. You really didn't want to talk about this match, did you? No, not really. I mean, I like I said, I, I wasn't a fan of either of these guys when I first started watching. Yeah, I never really got with RVD. Point and help the fact that 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 no one was a fan of RVD. Um, I, wish I, I wish I'd appreciated RVD more when he was mm, in his peak. Yeah, because now not good. But Eddie, I think it'd be a few months when he when he goes to SmackDown teams with Chavo. We start seeing like those tag the, the Los Guerreros, the early Los Guerreros. Yeah, yeah, and developing a sort of, not necessarily developing a personality because there was already one there, but definitely showcasing it more. I felt I enjoyed Eddie. He, beca- he becomes more like fan favourite, doesn't he? Like the the Los Guerreros giving starts is um, meant to be baddies, but Eddie's just too popular with anything he does. Whereas yeah. this is just sort of 
angry, mean mullet man, as opposed to actually a, a, the Guerrero. Like, yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate the match. I found it relatively enjoyable and an easy watch. Yeah, and that's just because it would have been like ten minutes longer. Even five minutes would have been nice. Yeah, I've got it here though on my notes that this match for me was was a lot more enjoyable than I recall it being. Like I I actually enjoyed it, which happened last time when we watched No Mercy. I kind of thought actually you know what? I hated that match the first time I watched it, but now I actually quite enjoy it. Which for me is actually a recurring theme, not for all matches on this card. I think maybe another one or two matches. <laughs> but Eddie run, wins with a cheeky uh, backslide, feet on the ropes to retain the belt. As you said, pretty quick, but did. F- I think RVD is the one who brings an element of slowness to the match in comparison to, to Eddie. I don't know. I thought the match was quite quick and fast paced. I was in, I was enjoying the pace they were going at. I mean, keeping up with Eddie's in his prime's not like there's not many that could do it. So I don't fault yeah. RVD all for not being able to keep up with it. I think yeah. wrestling just in general is slower twenty years ago as well. Like yes. It's just, it's one of them. I spoke about a lot of this in No Mercy, so I'm not going to bang on about it too much, but I sort of give up matches a little bit of a leeway from this period of time because it's just, they are going to be slower. Yes. Yeah. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, did you have the backstage segment that came up next noted down? Do you want to yeah. talk about that? Yeah. So we got Vinny. Oh yeah, crazy I... baby, Reverend Diva. Reverend Diva. We got Welcome the Deacon. Welcome to 2002. Yeah, Reverend Devon, the Deacon Batista, and uh, Sister Stacy. I loved Reverend Devon. I enjoyed Reverend Devon. I thought I, I, was, don't, I, I don't know why. I just loved it. I think you know what? To just say to a guy, listen, we're going to split you and and Bubba up. We're going to put you on SmackDown, him on Raw. We're going to keep him pretty much exactly as he is. But you, my good friend Devon, we're going to turn you into a Reverend. Because you said testify. <laughs> and and we're going to slap you with with Batista. And and it's just gonna, it's it's not gonna work, but it's gonna work. <laughs> it's not gonna work, but we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna, we're gonna slow build this Dudley's feud, and then never, and then never pay off. Never pay off. In fact, the only payoff is some Survivor Series this year when they got back together. Yeah, this is the only time they actually had spoilers. They fight. Yeah, but my favorite bit about this was like. When he's doing the prayer, Vince is like getting proper eyeballs of Stacey's ass. Like, doesn't even care, just like being a massive perm, just leaning back and looking. And like the face reactions afterwards. Yeah. Like, like the, ooh, that was nice. Yeah, yeah that was all right. Like, it is 2002. <laughs> I forgot what women on television were treated like at this point, I'm not sure. And then my favorite bit of any heel promo was um, Devon said he that Bubba won't be here, which all but confirmed Bubba's appearance on this card. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be here. Oh, so he's here then. Yeah, he's okay. Here. Or there'll be hell to pay. The classic, there'll be hell to pay uh, line. Vince selling the uh, the gorpin is, is probably my favorite part about this backstage bit. This promo made me smile. It shouldn't do. Like, there's a lot wrong with it, but Reverend Devon, isn't it? Like, just call his name. It's fine. <laughs> we don't get to hear that tonight. It's heartbroken. So mm. we did have an advert as well for the uh, get the get FL. the FL campaign. Yeah. Is this the? But I think this is the first um, show, isn't it? After because the month before is Backlash, and it's WWF Backlash. I don't. I know it's. I know WrestleMania 18 is still WWF. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wasn't sure about Backlash. But there was no... I didn't see any blurred imagery from them trying to hide any logos. So everything yeah. had been changed and fixed. 
but I wouldn't know about Backlash. Like, one 2002 pay-per-view was enough for me to talk into, to be honest. Match number two, which obviously... Match in mm. big quotation points. Uh, yeah, which is uh, Trish Stratus versus Stacey Keebler for the uh, women's title. My first note on this match is, oh, this is from when Trish barely wore an outfit to wrestle in. That, that, yeah. that, 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 that. Good times. My uh, note is King is almost insufferable on commentary for the first 10 minutes of this match. Like, that man needs a cold shower very quickly. Like, it just, it keeps going on. And I'm like, I never minded King's, like, misogyny and stuff back then because it was of the time and whatever, like, but, my God, (laughs) the man does not shut up about women. (laughs) There's 10 minutes of this match and it's like, whew. I think it's a sign, like you said, it's a sign for the sort of, um, it is a little bit dated, like, what Tristratus is wearing to the ring, for example, what Stacey's wearing to the ring. Um, oh, and bless JR for trying to talk about a swimsuit competition like it was some sort of legitimate affair. Like, oh, he really tried. Like, getting your play-by-play to talk about the swimsuit competition being won by someone just in their underpants on SmackDown. Oh, God, they did not pay JR enough money. <laughs> that does seem like a, a, a thing. I think he's he's trying to give it some, or try and give it some legitimacy or some level of um, credit credibility but yeah it, it it doesn't pan out does it do you have you any see... notes on this match at all yeah 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 a couple of bits I, Mainly... I have i have two notes about the actual match itself and then everything oh, about okay everything else is like about before or after <laughs> yeah okay so what do you have then for the match itself because i actually surprisingly only have i have oh i have uh, one Bullet, uh, one bullet point. So I, I had down that the roundhouse kick right at the start was dirty. Uh, <laughs> just clean took her head, Trish's head off with that one. And then there was a remarkable amount of communications at the end, which include Trish hitting Batista on the side of the ring, Batista forgetting to move, the camera cutting, and then you see Batista jump off the apron. <laughs> he's just been hit like there was some sort of weird PlayStation 4 level of lag as it hit the server and then Batista remembered he had to move about two minutes after other than that nothing I didn't think I didn't think much of this match to be honest I do get um, the roundhouse kick my, my thing about the roundhouse kick is I still think it's one of the best looking roundhouse kicks in in pro wrestling and I always used to give that move to my creator manager on the WWE games because it was just a nice get in the ring you could hit the move get back out again and then it's a clean roundhouse you forget how tall Stacey was I I forgot how long her legs are because I haven't seen her like on my television for a long time when Trish is trying to pin her and just lift one leg they're massive I genuinely had forgotten how big her legs were just yeah it's like five foot eleven, about five foot four. That's her legs. Yeah, because she's not uh, that tall. Is she? She's not six foot or anything. No, no. She's just got really, really long legs. But I suppose that was the gimmick, wasn't it? Played, played well to her. They did, yeah. <laughs> we obviously then have Bubba getting in at the end of the match as well and getting himself put through a table by good oh, old referee Devon. I hated all this. It didn't involve Devon's comedy acting when he starts looking at his hands and shaking. 
Yeah, like, it's like, what am I doing? What have you made me do? Yeah, the, the only thing I put about this, you can tell how we're starting to turn on having to do this podcast. I put Devon is conflicted about his actions, like how I'm conflicted about agreeing to do this podcast. <laughs> like, I'd already stopped having fun and it was on page one. Oh, God. Hey, do you know what? Once we've got through it, though, we've got through it and we can look back and go, we don't have to do that again. I never want to. If you ever ask me to do this again, like, not podcasting, just any. Martin, I want to pick someone from 2002. It's like, no, no, you can do that on your own. Like, I'm out. Going back for No Mercy, then, the uh, Brock Lesnar Undertaker Hell in a Cell match. See, I don't think that. Oh, wait, no. Oh, you're thinking that... about it now. No, is that the one with the father daughter match? Because if it is, I am definitely not doing that. No, no, that's the year after that. It's so the year after. Mm, oh, 2003. Do I, want... do I want to see Taker? Anyway, going back to this, we, we can decide yeah. what we're doing. We'll, we'll do a little <laughs> recap at the end and try and just pluck out some bad pay per views. Backstage, so really, again, Batista Devon put Bubba through the table. We all saw it come in. There was one bit about that that really did make me laugh, where the sound guy was so on point with it, because literally, the second Bubba went through the table, the orchestral music starts. (laughs) Like it's the end of a sermon. So you just see Bubba knocked out with... His music on. The body stands tall. Of course, course, with Deacon, the Deacon. Batista. Um, backstage segment two. Now, this was um, this was powerful. This, this was powerful. What, the, what do you th- what 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 do you think I'm going to describe as powerful from this segment? The hug. It's got to be the hug. It's not the hug. It's not the hug. No, it's Arn Anderson's attire, mate. Looking like your dad going on a golf holiday. Two buttons down, Anderson, ready to party. Got his nice watch on, and his beige trousers, and his Oops. black Hawaiian shirt with two buttons down. Listen, like Tiff was... was powerful in this. Tiff was like an hour after the uh, after the uh, the pay per view finished. Tiff was an hour after. He had to get across town for the and get his get his cooler out the uh, the boot of the that's, car. That that's an attire that screams Tiff at ten pints at twelve. Like <laughs> that man's that man's out for an all dayer in that attire. Powerful. Yeah, but obviously we get Vince in this as well because he comes in and they they have the heel owner versus heel owner. Thing. Well, this, confu- this confused me. I I didn't think Flair had turned turned heel so quickly, but it yeah, does yeah. make sense if you've got Austin on Raw. Yeah. But like there was WrestleMania 18 where there was no brand split, right? Yeah. And then they did the brand split because at 18 he was Flair was well, facing Taker. It's not it's not long after because no. Taker versus Austin is before backlash. The, uh, back, is backlash before the brand split? After. Because at that point, at that point, Flair is already the raw guy. Yeah, and so he's yeah, signed yeah, Austin. He's signed Austin, and Austin stunned him. And then yeah. Flair turned. So in six weeks, Flair went from babyface who just like got one over on McMahon to heel authority figure who's also running the NWL and yeah. on. Well, I yeah. came back at Mania, didn't he? And it's he like, did. I just oh, it just confused me so much. It did like basically just went to each other. It's like, yeah, Austin is a prick. Like, you were right all along. Like, yeah, I know I was right. Oh, I'm going to deal with him. All right, okay, we'll see about that. Yeah, that was it. And then the 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 like almost like unlike you, Vince, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a leash on him. I'm gonna put a leash on him. It's like, and then the the hug, and it just looked so uncomfortable, so unnatural. The whole the whole thing just. I did. Yeah. I got I got big stag do energy from this program. I'm not gonna lie. 
It's like two dives hugging. Yeah, yeah, two dives hugging. I'll see you. I'll see you later. No, I'll see you first, mate. Right. Yeah. The the, uh, the last note I've got about this is sad men have a sad sad hug aren't looked incredible. So that sums up the promo for me. Mine was um, just such a pointless clip. Mm-hmm. That was my. That was my. Also, my this is like this is a what? It's we're not like I checked the time. We're forty minutes in at this point. Third McMahon sighting of the evening already. Yeah, they were mad for him. He loves. He loves getting on the show. And he Matt loves getting. He loves getting that pay per view check. This was the point where I stopped watching. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and have a breather. When I had a sandwich and I lie down. Okay, it's gonna be a long one. This. You should get that on a t-shirt. Sandwich and a lie down. I just need a sandwich and a lie down. At work, your face on the front, on the back. I just need a sandwich and a lie down. <laughs> you know how I feel about text on the back of t-shirts. I absolutely despise it. I just you've got so much space on the front of a t-shirt. Stop ruining the back. Ruining the back. Don't I like, can't I don't see like, the back in the mirror. I don't like people to know I'm wearing sad wrestling t-shirts from two angles. Thanks. Like if we could just keep all of it to the front and like nothing on the back. Really appreciate that. They've got back to doing that now. It's wonderful. So match three? Or should we both go and have a break and <laughs> go over someone to lie down and yeah. come back and do the next slot? No, we'll keep now. going. We'll power okay. through. We do have match number three, which sees the Hardy Boys taking on Lesnar and Heyman. The saddest part about this for me Matt's is the Hardy in the dark jacket. No, the Hardys are still wrestling as a tag team. I mean, are they? Like Jeff's yeah, been doing are, a lot of wrestling, wrestling recently. Matt's not so much. They've like I watched AEW before I watched this, so I don't know why. I think that made me more bitter towards this. To be honest, I, I maybe should have saved that for after. But mm. yeah, it was weird seeing the Hardys come out twenty years apart. And just how the entrance felt exactly the same. The men have just gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's there's a point where you probably need to look at yourself and go, have we ridden this gimmick to death? And I think 20, actually longer than 20 years, because they've been doing the gimmick long before 2002. Really? Um, yeah, it's time to pat yourself on the back and say, job well done and get the hell out of there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, while I agree with that, Jeff Hardy makes companies lots of money. So if you've got Jeff Hardy on your books, you're going to put him out there. They've not yeah. been having the hardest wrestle that much. It's mainly been Jeff and the Owen Hart tournament, so... Yeah, I don't, like, I don't, he just he I, prints money. Like I don't know how. Honestly, I don't know how. I, I, I like never him. enjoyed him. I enjoyed him in two thousand and eight for a year, and then stopped again when cooler wrestlers came along. But you know, it was a difficult year two thousand eight. Once I was drinking a lot. <laughs> Jesus, tell me about I it. I got I got I got wrapped up in the whole push of Jeff Hardy when they were finally going to have him in the belt. Big smelly mark. And then put him in with Triple H, where we all knew there was no chance that was going to end up in. When he's trying to teach his dad how to send text messages in, yeah, yeah, never going to end well. So, yeah, we've got the Hardy Boys versus Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Now, I love Next Big Thing, but I just love Brock Lesnar, but I do love Next Big Thing, Brock Lesnar, Baby Brock, Baby Brock. I love Baby Brock, fresh faced. I imagine this is what he looked like when he was born. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. This, this is how he came out. Yeah, tattoos and everything. Straight, in his, straight out of the tube. In like his um, uh, trunks, his knee knee pads, boots, oh, the works. This is how I imagine he was created. This this but, is how he was created. He was wasn't but, even born from natural. Like he was in like some kind of like tube or. or yeah, with his sweaty professor next to him. Honestly, the state of what Hayden was wearing. 
It's already yeah. sweating when he got to the ring. It was two sizes too big. I don't want to hark on about what people were wearing in 2002, but there has been, outside of Arn Anderson, there's been some, like, atrocious... <laughs> I I still wear the same clothes that I do from 2002, so it's fine. They're not the same clothes, but I, I still wear the same things. Never changed my looks since, like, 98. I think I changed on a four-year cycle. I'm going to start wearing skinny jeans for the next two years. Let's see how that goes for me. Spoilers, it didn't go up. No. Um, then yeah comment on if you're listening four years from now please leave a comment <laughs> let, us, let us know <laughs> Looked in skinny jeans so we've got a team with Heyman anyway and obviously Heyman doesn't do much in this match like at all he doesn't do anything does he like pins he gets the pin he gets the pin no I know that, yeah. that's like would you call a pin an offensive manoeuvre like I know it technically wins you the match but it's not doing damage is it no matter what William Regal and JR towers no, he didn't even put his arm across the mouth like you meant. I don't know. I feel like the sweaty, the sweaty uh, tracksuit probably um, knocked out. Um, it did make me laugh how Heyman fell over when he was getting into the ring. I really appreciate yes, that. Trips like, getting in the ring, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I didn't hate this match, you know, but there's something about Brock Lesnar, a young baby Lesnar, throwing around the Hardy Boys that brings me some sense of joy. Yeah, because he properly lobs them around, like, and it shows that you're. They show you the recap, and I'm like, you've just shown me the entire match there, because <laughs> that's all that's going to happen again. It's just going to be another ten minutes of that. I feel like I wasn't, I wasn't the... mad. I wasn't mad about it. I was like, I can sit here and watch Jeff get lobbed around for another ten minutes. I'm yeah, not, not opposed to it. I feel like uh, Lesnar's matches are like these are the type of matches that Lesnar should always be having, like against guys who are like the high flyers, the guys. Which yeah. really helped get him over when he like because I remember this was like week eight of the Lesnar experiment when they just mm. brought him in, and his first few being with the Hardys really like helped. Helped. Him as... And then after this, he's against RVD, so it's just it's it's just more of yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. His first proper like. Probably Hulk Hogan, proper like big, more of a, a power esque style wrestler is probably Hulk Hogan. No, Test. Who's take on Test, does he? Take faces Test at King of the Ring, and that's like the new toy coming up, going against the old toy that's on the way down. And Test has almost got like a point to prove, and they just they like batter each other. It's actually a really good match, it's very enjoyable. I'm not reviewing like that King Test. of the Ring. But... I thought Test was all right. <laughs> Loads of people won't we're, be like we're not, we're not doing King of the Ring. I'll do a King of the Ring. I'm not doing that King of the Ring. <laughs> the year before 2001, that was a cracking King of the Ring. We only do bad pay-per-views, remember? We only do the bad ones. King of the so, Ring yeah. 2012, that's what we're doing. This match, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the end. I actually did put, I wonder if Heyman slipped on purpose. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah, because it, look, it looked like, 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 I've got to get in, I've got to get in, I've got to get yeah. in. Ooh. If he didn't do that on purpose, it was incredibly well-timed. It was incredibly like, well-timed if he didn't do it on purpose. I just, I, I quite enjoyed this match. Like, it was so weird seeing Hayden get a pin on Jeff. I thought Matt would have been taking mm. the pin. So to see Jeff get pinned was, like, a little bit interesting. I suppose when they yeah. did the split, it was Matt they were trying to put a rocket under, wasn't it, with the V1 and stuff. So I suppose they played a little bit more, keep Matt in the corner, maybe. I mean, you'd say that. They did the split, and then Jeff was the one who got the title match against Taker. True. So, like, but they were trying to cheat Jeff as like the ultimate underdog, so they're taking a few losses probably doesn't hurt that, does it? Doesn't hurt the game. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't matter which one loses here. Like, no one's going to be like, "Oh God, he took a pin from Heyman because it's 
Let's know who's killed him. It's not like yeah. Heyman's snuck a roll up. But it was fine. Like, I, in a Heyman ain't sneaking a roll up in anywhere. No, it's not. <laughs> there was a lot of Heyman smells talks in in the chat. Yeah, I say in the chat on the commentary. On commentary, yeah. Like they, JR was literally going, "He is a smelly man." Like, don't ever forget, you can't. He is a smelly man. Something whiffs. It must be Heyman. And you have to forgive it. It's it's commentary for its time. It's just dull. <laughs> like, everyone bangs on about how good JR was. Like, we clearly have forgotten about 2002. That yeah. man smells. That man has breasts. Don't forget. And then when you look at, <laughs> and when you look at like, um, what you're saying about King as well. King literally just ruins women's matches by just mm. hogging on about. Uh, ruins them. I, mean, I can't really say anything. It'd probably be me as well. This is probably not... all the commentary I needed when I was 12, though. Like, I wasn't. Like that that's the thing. They're still because they're not moving towards PG here, but they're they're yep. definitely out of the attitude era at this point. It just feels like a very attitude era light way of doing commentary. Yeah. Like, we're moving towards ruthless aggression, aren't we, in two thousand two? Yeah. Like, this is just a nothing year, because isn't ruthless aggression two thousand three onwards? No, two thousand two is when we get um ruthless aggression. Seen debuts in two thousand two. Lesnar debuts in like, two thousand two. Yeah, but not long after this. When does like it actually start? Because they don't. They never count the NWO was in Ruthless Aggression. Does Ruthless Aggression technically start from when they have two belts? I can't. The SummerSlam. Would that be what you call surely, the starting point? Surely it technically starts when he does the Ruthless Aggression promo. So it's after after the brands split, but Flair's so the brands are already split anymore. now. So it'll be once. So Taker would be your champion, and is Taker would be the champion at that point. Angle's bald. Angle's definitely bald. For definite. Because I said it's when he gives the promo, isn't it, in the ring? Who's got the ruthless aggression? Which is after him and Flair wrestle for the ownership of WWE rather than the 50 50 co owners. Lesnar helps Vince win, is my understanding, if I remember correctly. Yeah. My brain serves me right. And then I think it's maybe the week or two weeks after that he gives the promo, the ruthless aggression promo. So that's probably really where your ruthless aggression era starts. So you're probably looking. Maybe Vengeance? Vengeance, maybe, that year? Because I think Vengeance is when you've got John Cena versus uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. So that's your first, maybe, so it's maybe like a week or two beforehand when the the Ruthless Aggression technically starts. Yeah, I'd go with that. So we're just, we're not really there yet, but we're we're definitely on the the proverbial collision course for that. Just a nothing nothing period. Yeah, just a nothing period, yeah. So just coming out of the uh, the invasion, just trying to figure out the, the the lay of the land, aren't they? Yeah. Speaking of the NWO, backstage segment three. Oh, I hate this. Booker T in an NWO t-shirt. Never, despite, never joined in the NWO when he was in WCW. His brother did, but he didn't. And again, classic use of, of the ladies. We see what is clearly a professional lady. I can't even oh, pretend it's... to find it funny. Like, it's This annoyed me to no end. Because it was like, the promo starts for a nothing reason of, oh, yeah. Booker, you've joined the NWO, but no one's actually asked you how you feel. How are you feeling? And I'm like, can someone ask me how I'm feeling? Because it's all this is very bizarre and I feel very sad. <laughs> Go on a tangent about the it WWE's just, version of the NWO. Oh, it's just, um, I, I'm not even a massive NWO fan. And I just watched this and I was like, what is going on? They're halfway through a promo of Booker T talking about his feelings. Because he gets a bit of a lob on looking at a woman. 
He goes and has a word with her, gets a hotel card, and he does a little dance. Doesn't find out what room or hotel she's in. Yeah, she just whispers something to him and hands him a card. And it's like, oh, God, it was bad. I'm like, right, this is all you've got for Booker? Really? Like, this? This is it? This is all you can do? But this was him turning face, wasn't it? Booker T. This was his journey to becoming a face. Because technically, at this point, he's still a heel. So he's, what was he's he doing? Was, so was it WrestleMania 18 where he had the feud with Edge over the shampoo commercial? I think so. Okay. Let that linger in the air for a little bit. They feuded over being in the shampoo commercial. And then I'm going to say it again. Did we have nothing better for Booker T? Did we really? Well, he, like... he, I mean, we'll go into it a little bit because I've, I've, I've got a little bit of a tirade to go on about the WWE NWO, but we'll do that in the, the, hard, the handicap match. Okay. But yeah, like he was essentially just added in because they'd lost all the other NWO members. <laughs> so yeah. they didn't really have a choice but to draft somebody in. And they were like, who have we got here who's in WCW? Oh, Booker T. You're Booker not doing anything really yeah. at the moment. Booker will do. We'll put Booker in. And you know what? Booker T's, you know, he did the cane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not a problem, sir. And That's true. You know what? He, didn't, he didn't do too badly out of the agreement. Plenty of people who uh, who've walked out um, if you want to touch on modern WWE, there's <laughs> people who will walk, walk out because they're unhappy with creative. But Booker T just went, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he's, you know, multiple world champion. I haven't really got anything to, to worry about money-wise, I can't imagine. He's still, still there and he's doing commentary. He's still getting the, yeah, ducky, ducky, quack, quack. He's still getting the, the, the line in, you know what I'm saying? So. Fair play to him. This just made me sad. Let's move on. Moving on, we do jump into the, the handicap match, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Big Show and Ric Flair. Now, again, I'll, I'll do my NWO tirade now then. I didn't realise that okay. was the next match. The four so, is yeah. yours. I have See, no opinions on the NWO whatsoever. Other than it was caught cool at the start. It got way too big. And then it was gone. In WCW, 100%. 100%. 100%. But when you get to WWE, you've got three main ones, which is fine. They instantly have Hogan turn face at Mania, which was kind of forced on them. That crowd was yeah, not they, Hogan. They couldn't help that. So, okay, so then you're left with uh, Hall and Nash. They bring in X-Pac to make up the the thingy, make make difference. Fair enough. X-Pac was in the NWO. Um, he's, he's friends with Hall and Nash. Okay, this kind of makes sense. We can work with this for a bit. Nash, of course, classic Nash. Heard he might potentially have to wrestle and tore his quad, bruised mm-hmm. a kidney, punctured a lung, whatever. And so he's so he's out of action. So we're left with um, X Pac and Scott Hall. So who do they put in to fill the fill the void? The Your boy, Big Show. Why not? Because Big Show, in the end of the day, he was in the NWO. He was in WCW. It makes sense, despite the number of interviews he's done where he has. Buried Hall and Nash and Hogan. When you say make sense, I think me and you have different meanings for the word sense. <laughs> Essentially, there was some, there was like, who, has he been in WCW? Was he in the NWO? Yeah. Can we turn him heel? Yeah. Let's put him in. And that was literally the, 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 the work. I would out. have accepted it more if they started referring to him as just the giant. And then like, they changed him back to the giant. Yeah. Started calling him the giant again. But no, they, so they put him in to fill in the Kevin Nash void. Which, okay, it's fine. Give him all the credit in the world. At least he's out there wrestling, unlike Nash. So you then lose Hall after the the flight from hell or whatever it was called. So Hall's gone, and you're left with X-Pac and the Big Show. 
you, you, you need more. It feels like they just kept losing people. They, they were trying to make this group work and they just kept losing people. I mean, so then, you, you, again, was he in WCW? Yes. Okay. Booker T. There you go. And you're in. Well, they had Flair first, he, don't they? Yeah. And then he adds, well, he doesn't even, he doesn't even join the NWO. He just puts them on his payroll, like uses them as like his henchmen. It's, it's really weird. And then he says, we need to expand the NWO to get more people in. Booker T, you work for Raw. You work for me. You're now in the NWO. Congratulations. Here's your black and white t-shirt. Get out yeah. there, champ. Make it work in your, like, cream uh, suit trousers. Yeah. <laughs> Go out there and make it work. And the whole WWE, I mean, even Booker T said it in interviews. He, he thinks it's hilarious. He's just like, you know what? I don't even blame WWE for trying to squeeze that little oh, bit yeah, of extra merch, merchandise out of them. My problem but, was when they added Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and that was just... And then I'm like, okay, why? 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 Yeah. Well, uh, Nash comes it. back. Nash comes back, doesn't wrestle again, and then says, I'm going to bring in somebody else, brings in Shawn Michaels, then he kicks out Booker T, literally kicks yeah. Booker T out, and but that's where you get the Booker T proper face turn he starts teaming with gold dust full time but doesn't and... michaels then just end it the week after being like right the interviewer has gone now. no vince ends it in his promo after he beats flair and takes over the wwe vince comes out the next week and says the nw he comes out to the nwo music and says that's the last time you're gonna hear that and that's it no more nwo i mean it's not the last time we heard it at all no by no, no. Yeah, it's definitely not the last time we hear the NWO entrance music. But yeah, he 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 comes out the week after and says, no, that's it, it's done. The NWO's oh, done what it needed to do and have control of the company again. They're gone. They're fired. They're they're going back to being singles, singles people. And that's it. But then you get the Michaels Triple H feud on the back of it. Yeah. But, kind of what a sad retrospective of the NWO and WWE. Such a sad retrospective. The, the NWO WWE is a sad retrospective. And it makes me sad because that was my... I didn't see the NWO because I came into wrestling in 2000. Yeah. So I never saw the NWO. I've, I've had to see everything retrospectively. Big word that we're using multiple times in this in this show. And unfortunately, yeah, the WWE's version. I was really excited. Vince turns around in the seat. He's got the NWO on the back of the seat. He's like, oh, oh I remember thinking that was so cool. Like, like yeah, the, yeah. Poison talk and stuff like, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, Hogan Hall, Nash coming back, the whole thing just looks super awesome. They came back the just fact, went straight The way they Austin. set it up as well, so they're like, no way out was NWO. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like it was that they literally had it all set where it could have been decent. Like, you finally got the characters you wanted to have during the invasion, you can do whatever you want with them. Like hitting a rock with a semi truck and stuff like that. And then like, Hogan, Hogan just happens to be too popular to be a bad guy after all that time. Yeah, I mean, and again, they, no one could have. Well, I think they could, probably could have predicted that Hogan was going to be too over to be heel. But yeah, it, it, the NWO in WWE just, just, just blew chunks. And this I match, think it, I don't think it could have worked. Like no. personally, looking back, it's like it was very ambitious to even try it. But you did get yeah. those first two months from well, not in two months, but like the run from No Way Out to WrestleMania actually felt like it was decent. Like they were yeah. treated as like, heels. They were there. They were like. The bad, the bad guys, and they were genuinely trying to poison and take things over. But yeah. then you have Austin win a handicap match at Mania, leading into this other handicap match against arguably a weaker version of the end of Europe. They've more to put in Austin in handicap matches around about this time. Like, I don't it wasn't it. even it wasn't even a handicap match. It was him versus Hall. Well, that was a handicap match. It was him versus Hall and Nash. No, Nash just came out. Oh, yeah, okay. Nash just interfered. 
Scratch that what I just said then. Yeah, but essentially, yeah, it's Austin versus the NWO, and it's not even like the decent NWO because he didn't face Hogan. But yeah, this I think something I've 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 put here is like we've got Hogan, um, Big Show on his 18th heel turn. Um, Big Show looks in cracking shape outside outside of his like terrible wet haircut. Big Show actually looks in amazing shape when it comes down. I think this is one of them periods. I think we've all me, you, and and Jim. I think we've all had this conversation before. Big Show always looks better when he's in a motivated position, when he's doing something that he's clearly enjoying. Like when he's in Jericho, for example, he Mm -hmm. looks great. When he became ECW champion, at least for the first bit, he's he's on form. It's only sort of the end of the ECW run that he looks... When he came back for his feud with Mayweather and he dropped down like 440. Yeah, he just looks... And his matches with Taker, he just looks great. So yeah, I think this is a period of time where shows probably like, okay, I'll join the NWO. I can make this work. I'll be the big guy. I'll work it. I'll work with Ric Flair. I'll work with Stone Cold. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just not enough, is it? But it kept... But it sold t-shirts. It did. This match was so weird. Like... Mm. So the first like five minutes of it, like fast pace, Austin, Austin just threw off the two of them. They're both like in the ring, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be this sort of two on one handicap match. This is okay. I can get used to it. And then it's like, did the match not technically start? Because then they slow it way down. Like at one point, Austin. So they must have started the match because the way the point where it slows down is Austin starts doing this weird two handed punch on the Big Show, where he like claps his fists together and then punches as though it's just one giant hand, which I thought was quite cool. And then he puts Flair in the figure four. Of course. He then, no, he tries to put Show in the figure four first. Then Flair comes in to try and break that up. Then he puts Flair in the figure four. Show goes for an elbow, but Austin rolls out of the way. And I'm getting like big No Mercy N64 vibes of the gauntlet of handicap matches you used to have to go through in that. And it's like, do a move, duck and weave, do a move, roll to the outside, do a move, duck and weave. Like, can actually enjoy this. Then Austin gets a chair, goes back in, the rest like, can't use that, you'll get DQ'd. So he's like, oh, okay. So he goes and gets another chair. No, you can't use that. Sits down in the chair, flips off the ref. It's all funny. And then they've put a tag rule in. And I'm like, what has happened? Yeah. Like, he's put these guys in submissions. I couldn't remember, I haven't noted it down whether he went with pins or not. But I'm like, is this just turned into one on tag now? And then... yeah. Oh, and then Austin goes out, and it literally turns into like a house show sort of thing. And it just it it killed me, like it properly took me out of the match. There was just too much of in the middle of it, like fanning around, like playing to the crowd, doing house show, and like it went over. It was great. It was like yeah. loads of chants and like what chants and everything like that. Like the crowd was mad for it, but it really, really just took all the steam I had during this match. Yeah, and then we got X Pac jumping in at the end. Mm-hmm. In the worst, like, like talk about telephoning in a spot. That was, I think you're like, oh god, here we go. That, that, that is officially the saddest super kick I've ever seen. Yeah, and it, 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 yeah, it just didn't look good. No part about the end of the match, I think, looked good. No, like he just he just stuns and gets the pin, and you're like, oh okay. Um, there was something earlier on in the match that uh, caught my eye of Flair hitting the world's slowest low blow which JR referred to as a maestro playing a symphony. And I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> You're just saying words now. And it was like, it couldn't have hurt. The low blow was that slow. There's like, and it was a full like arm. So it's the upper arm right up there. Like I was expecting to hear a ding noise. Like it was so telegraphed. I think a lot of the match was, 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 was very badly telegraphed. I, I think... I don't think this match was ever going to come out of, of this a winner. I feel like it was it, 
there was there was too much that was going to go down. There was too much that was going to go wrong, and often was clearly unhappy at this point. Anyway, yeah, you can, you can even tell. Like just can, the way this the way this match was planned out, I don't understand why it wasn't just Austin versus Flair with Big Show at ringside. Yeah, but the NWO no, at ringside no DQ because literally, like, I could understand if the whole match was like the first part of the match. Doing the handicap match is great, and having Austin overcome the odds and beating the two. But it's like they wanted both style of matches because then after it becomes a tag, the show rarely comes in and gets any offense. He like tags in once, does like two power moves, tags Flair back in. Yeah, or like every time Austin tries to get a comeback, Big Show will like pull his leg or trip him or come in and choke something. It's like you can do that with a no DQ single match and put in Austin yeah. versus Flair on your card. Like, because that's what I thought it was. The way they were talking about it made it sound like it was Austin versus Flair. And I'm like, oh, I forgot this yeah. match existed. And then they show this graphic and like, this is going to be bad. I, yeah. There's no way. I just, oh. I was enjoying the match as well until that fan interaction bit in the middle. And it just. It's almost like, to quote Blackadder, it started off bad and it then tailed off in the middle and the less said about the end of the bear. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get another backstage segment after, though. We jump straight into the next match. Well, Whereas there we was get, a backstage we, segment, I didn't note it. it. There's a little bit where they're talking about, they do the Photoshop of the two of them looking bald, and then they come oh, yeah. to the weirdest little interview I've ever seen where Michael Cole practically rubs Taz's head and goes, this is by choice. <laughs> but some men hate being told that they're going bald. And I was sat there as a man who has gone bald and had to shave his head. I was like, I'm in this photo and I don't like it. I do not like this phoned in bald face banter that you've got. It's like, no, 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 no. Reporting this one to Facebook straight away. Get me all the from this photo. Yeah, just it was the, it was the way Michael Cole just staring directly into my eyes, touched Taz's head, and went, "This is by choice. Yours isn't." <laughs> so attacked by two thousand and two Michael Cole in my entire life. The the image that you're talking about is what the the folks from inside the ropes put on their Twitter. Yeah, they, we're we're watching this pay per view to review. And I was just like, oh yeah, it's 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 bad. I mean, I don't understand decision, how it. I don't understand how they made Angle look weirder bald. We've seen him actually bald and he doesn't look that bad. That yeah. Photoshop they, they've done on his head does that man a disservice. Like, I wouldn't want to go bald if I'd seen that and that's what I might look like. They made his face too small for his head. I don't yeah. know what... I, who, Even like I know it's 2002, mind. but like, Edge actually looks all right bald in that picture. He's come out all right. It made me mm. think that, It made me think that they were actually going to shave Ed's, Edge's head. There was lots of points in this show where I thought I don't when think I was there was younger, any doubt to me who was losing this match. I don't think there was any doubt. I think um, well, imagine you were twelve. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't know any better. If you're twelve and like Kurt Angle's ran away twice, we'll get into the match. But like they've shown this where Edge looks better bald, and then everything that's going on, my twelve-year-old brain trying to be cleverer than I actually was was taking over. Like, what's this something here? Are you going to shave Edge's head? No, you weren't. They they went with Angle. But my understanding is um, Angle was going bald and agreed to, to yeah, do yeah. it. Because he figured, I'm going to shave my head anyway because I'm going bald. So I might yeah, as well do it as part of a na- match. Nowadays, they wouldn't do this with someone getting embarrassed. They'd just have them disappear for a while and then come back with lightning bolts drawn over their eye and look into a smashed mirror with no hair. It's a, mo- it's a Mojo Rawley reference in 2022. I've got to fit it in somewhere. Uh, no one cares about 
So angle versus edge. Angle versus edge is where we're at. Um, they made this promo package like so. They showed a little promo package for the start, and yeah. I don't know if they condensed it or what because I didn't watch the Raw or SmackDown so you this. But they made this entire feud seem like it's we had a good match at Backlash. I respect you. Oh okay. Oh well, I've played with your t-shirt. Oh well, here's a real t-shirt. Oh, but no, here's here's the actual fake t-shirt that's going to sell more. And Val Venus is wearing it. Because... Val Venus was wearing it. The big Val Boski at the time. He wasn't yeah. even called Val Venus, I don't think. Oh god, kill it with fire. And then that was it. And, they met, and then Angle's just like, oh well, I want to shave your head. And it's like, there didn't feel like there was any. The promo package didn't feel like it did any any justice. There was no like callback to Team X. And stuff yeah, like that. Team, team wreck. Yeah. Like, there's no mention of Christian anywhere at all. Tonight. That makes me a little bit sad. Mm, no, I think he's he's off on Raw doing his own creepy little. But I say he is he is about. He's not off for anything, is he? I think when um, I think if we start qu- querying and questioning the logic behind a lot of decisions made in 2002, the whole thing is just going to fall down around us. It makes me sadder that's... than I already am. It, it, it could make you really, really sad, like a really, really sad panda. And I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> not on a not on a family-friendly show. Um, I just, I'm hearing my own voices for talking through and I can't believe how happy I was about No Mercy 2008 and how just defeated I feel about this pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's, all I, right. I, it's all right. Like, I thought I thought this would be like a nice jolly rock. It isn't. <laughs> not a jolly rock. It's a... It's a hair versus hair. We've got Austin peeking on Ric Flair in some distorted, weird handicap match. We've moved but, past that match. I don't want to think about that one again. That's mm, gone. Gone. Well, what I will say then about this match is, I think, again, at this stage, I'm not a fan of Kurt Angle. And I'm not a fan of... Well, I'm kind of... I'm a bit cool on, on Kurt Angle. I thought he was awesome during the invasion. And then they turned him to the Alliance. And then they turned him back again. And I just, oh, they did the way he was the mole thing, and it just yeah, this is too much. But for they me. must have knew that they needed him back to be healed for after the invasion because no one like they, they had people coming back like Triple H and stuff like that, so they knew yeah. that they needed like, someone just underneath there as a heel. I understand that position of doing that, and he had a bang match against Kane at WrestleMania 18 as well. For a while, yeah, I think this is another one of the matches like the first one where I go, oh, it's these two, mm. but actually. Quite enjoyed it for what it I was. was. I was I was looking forward to this, and I, I this is like the first match where I'd say I probably enjoyed it start to finish. Yeah, and then it's not as good as I remember it being, but I still enjoyed it. Oh really? See, I I'm again I I kind of skimmed over this whenever I watched the show. I was just like, yeah, I'm not not interested in either of these guys at this point. So yeah, I would always give. So me looking back at it, I was there was there's a bit in there where Angle does this cool German suplex, and Edge does like this like four sixty, and yeah, then just yeah, lands yeah. on his face, and even like commentators like, what the hell was that? I was just was like, the, that was, was awesome. The, uh, that was. There was the belly to belly from the inside of the ring to the outside as well, but nasty. Yeah. But I think I got this match confused confused with their uh, match from the previous year, the King of the Ring final. Oh yeah, like that. That one's a banger. Mm. Whereas this one's like, it's good. It is good, but I never thought I'd see a Kurt Angle Edge match that had like a five to ten minute rest hold in the middle of it. Like I think they must have known they were going to have to do a lot of running around backstage after the match because like yeah, we get the Benny Hill section. There was a section in this in the middle where it was just like a headlock chokeout spot, and it again like there's just so many of these matches where 
I don't know if it's 2002 wrestling style, but it's like, what's the strikes to start off, off with? Two or three big moves, rest hold, go to the end of the sequence. And I'm like, I think, I, I think just modern wrestling has just like ruined me for this sort of slow, methodic style of wrestling. Because I wouldn't even call Kurt Angle particularly technical in this one. Like, no. it's a good match. I can tell both of these two have like got chemistry and can work well together. Yeah. But there's just nothing is jumping out outside of like one or two odd moves is particularly enjoyable. Yeah. So like that German and stuff like that and the, the suplexes, yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? I forgot he like, used to do a spinning wheel kick as well. Very quickly stopped doing that when his neck started to hurt, didn't he? Yeah. Not taking that up anymore. And the uh, execution was like his finish. The D- the Impaler DDT. Yeah, and he had the Edgematic. Like, the Edgematic. Hated the Edgematic. You had so many, like, were they all like trademark finishes as well in Raw Deal? Like, they were, yeah, like... yeah. Edge, Edgematic was one. The Execution was one. Yeah. The edu- Educator never got printed. The Spear was the spear was a strike high risk when it first got printed. And then yeah. the Running Spear was a strike multi when it second got printed. Yeah. It wasn't until it got printed as the Rated R Spear that it came. Oh, my God. See, there it is. Why do um, I remember that? that ge- I stopped playing that game like 10 years ago. Right. Like, Shouldn't still be in my head edges three different spare trademark finishes. I I still think about uh Raw Deal. Me and Jim had a me and Jim met up not too long ago. Well, I suppose it's quite a bit ago now actually. We had a couple of games of uh, Raw Deal. That was pretty horrendous. What are you, are you using the new cards or are you using old decks? No, I brought I brought two fantasy uh, well virtual decks with me, and Jim brought two standard standard decks, Team Angle and. Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I had uh, Roman Reigns and the Beast Incarnate. Um, I've got Heat been... Dean Ambrose knocking around somewhere in this house. And yeah, because that's why I built Reigns, because I, I thought I thought the Joker thought, me, you and Jim, he can build himself Seth mm-hmm. Rollins or something. We could, I don't know, take on someone as the shield, but unfortunately it never materialized. Never happened. I can't. I can't really see it happening. But anyway, we're, we're moving there. So yeah, Edge vs. Kangle. Um, the German suplex is fire. Edge picks up the big W, and then we get the Benny Hill segments where these two are just running around the backstage area like like Scooby Doo. Yeah, just, like, just just going back to that finish before we do the Benny Hill stuff. Yeah. I did really think the because he was like dragged into the center of the ring, and the mm. way they did the Edge flipped to his back, pushed him into the ropes, and then rolled him into the entire cradle. Like that was really clean, and I did think that was very good. And that's where you can see that these two have got that chemistry. Yeah, that they know each other. Well, they've known each other, haven't they? Like you said, the Team Wreck, Team Egg, yeah. whatever, whatever incarnation of it. They've known each other all the time. I just wish I saw a bit more of that chemistry in the middle, and not just like a, a lie down. The rest of all, I get it. Chill out. So we're back to Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, turns, turns the page just like uh, let me get my notes to be fair this one no I hated this one as well I really hated this one until Goldust appeared and then Goldust I, I've just put Goldust kind of saves it do I have to talk about this anymore I'm going to let you run, run down I don't want to talk about it I do it's like the Marriott, I do like it's at the Marriott which is pretty cool I guess we've got Booker T with the film crew in the hotel room for some reason obviously um the girl climbs in, turns the light off, and and then the light comes back on. <laughs> well, no, they start the the bit that made it weird for me was it's not kissing like the sounds. lights off. The kissing sounds, and it's like, oh, that's what you're into. And I'm like, because they reference that again. Because when Booker T walks out, he's got his pants like 
like so basically they've insinuated that this woman likes like kissing people's asses essentially i don't know if i've done some very heavy reading there but i just like, I think you may is... have i have got really? in my I'm, not, I'm not i'm not into king shame like if she's into that fill your boots are kids like i just thought it's so weird like i'm watching this at half past 12 in the afternoon this isn't what this was the end of sitting two as well. Like, I needed to go. Oh, sitting two is here, is just, it? I just went and stood in the garden and contemplated my life decisions. I have made a note saying Booker T and his bare ass leave. Yeah, which I, I I'll, I'll stick by. Um, Gold, Goldust was funny in this though. And I'm wearing the like, night dress. Yeah, I bought this night dress for nothing. 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 Like, he did make me laugh a lot at this time. Goldust did. And I think the best bit of acting that woman has done the whole thing, where she just looks absolutely disgusted. That wasn't anything. You can't fake that level of disgust about something. He's like, this is not what I paid for. No. I was, this is not what I signed on for. Um, none of her none of her facial expression was acting. She's not I don't think she probably, she probably didn't actually know what was going on. I think I feel like it was a case of someone came to her and said, we've got some money for you. You just need to basically... I think she maybe thought it was all real and the whole thing was... They maybe convinced her that the whole thing was an actual setup and that she was going to lure this man back to her hotel room and uh, they were going to... If, get, if, if she thought it was all real, that she, based on the first segment, is a robot woman who has no emotion and then suddenly discovers emotion yeah. after being visited by a gold man in a wig. It's it's a it's a real Wizard of Oz story, like because oh she's so wooden in that first segment. Hey there, yeah. big boy. Like oh, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about this anymore. It's like his skin oh. crawl. We'll move on. We'll move on because match six is probably one of the better better matches in the evening. Yeah, um, the Hell in a Cell match: Triple H versus uh, Chris Jericho. So I I hated this match at the time because well I was a massive Jericho fan and I was twelve, so I wanted my favourites to win. And I just I seemed to have this in my head that it was like just a proper burial of Jericho, like he just basically gets like absolutely destroyed in the cage for 15 minutes and then pinned on top and that was it that was like the end of jericho's main event run so i had a lot of like resentment towards this match of like the end of his first top tier run okay uh it wasn't that <laughs> it was no, no one no. and i i I've since discovered i was an idiot as a child who just was like jericho is not winning screaming <laughs> um, and shouting at the uh, the tv jericho gets on Jericho gets a lot of offense in on this, this like a lot. Do we it feel isn't. like this was because this is something I've, I've put in my notes? Do we feel like they replaced a Mick Foley character for Triple H here? Like that's what that was the aim of this match because Chris Jericho had not really. I was trying to go back and feel like was there anything up to this point where Chris Jericho had been in a a real violent violent match. And I can't seem to recall that being. The closest he got was the last time he faced against Triple H in the last Man Sunday match. At Full yeah. Loaded. That was yeah. like a violent war, but it wasn't with like a hardcore legend. This just very much felt like Triple H was channeling the spirit of Mick Foley now that he was face. Yeah. This is like not that long after he's retired Foley. Yeah. It's only technically two years, but probably about a year and a half. And he referenced that in the promo package that like Triple H. Has become like quite renowned with Helen the Selma. Yeah, and that's what made me feel like this. Even though like Jericho's on the losing end of this, he comes out of that match with a lot more of a vicious side. Yeah, than maybe did going in. 
I didn't remember like how much when because they they have like all the fight inside and it gets quite bloody and yeah. I didn't remember anything about Jericho getting the ladder out or the ladder based offense. Um, and then they did the Tim White spot and I completely yeah, forgot. But I completely forgot that Jericho then went out and beat up Tim White more. Like mm. I completely had forgotten that from my mind. And then when they go outside and like the barbed wire back comes out, the well, the barbed wire two before comes out. But Jericho's the first one to actually use it, which I'd completely forgotten as well. Right. So there was so much this way. It was like Jericho getting in actual offense and Triple H eventually overcoming him. That on the roof. I really, I really liked this match. <laughs> like yeah. I really enjoyed it. There was a nice bit yeah, of um, visual of it at the end. There was, yeah, but there was loads of where they fought on the cell a lot longer than I remember because I just literally thought that Jericho was running away up there, bat, 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 pedigree done. But they're they're up there for a good no, like, five or uh, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is what makes me think if they were trying to. Someone had said, "Oh, you know what, Jericho is a bit of a. He's like the chicken." Shit heel, isn't he? He's not mm-hmm. the not the, the vicious bad guy heel. And he's been in, in, in big matches, but he's not been in this type of big match. And he's not been yeah. in this type of violent match. So for me, even when I watched it, at the end I kind of thought to myself, wow, that's like that's stuff we see from Jericho now. Makes sense. Because he's got it from yeah. here. Yeah. And this is this is how you get to that. This is how you get out of that. Oh, I'm gonna do the, you know. The, I'm going to try and hit you with your own finisher type Jer- Jericho, you know what I mean? Yeah, and this did turn him more into a, a legitimate sort of mm. turn him back more into a legitimate wrestler and not the person who's helping Stephanie McMahon through a divorce. That's it, and I think that was something that maybe he needed to get, get rid of. Get rid of that sort of stain. Yeah. Am I just Stephanie McMahon's uh, Well, that, that, uh, stain was a, that stain was a very tough one to remove because this much didn't do that for me when I was 12. I still saw Jericho as like, oh, they've just rounded up that story and like killed him off. So like, it's 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 nice to go back and know because it's making me like, I don't remember what Jericho does after this. I don't know if, does he like, does he go away for a bit? I don't, I, I he think ends he might be in the King of the Ring. I don't know. I know he ends up on Raw and that's where you get your team with Christian. But even then they were buffoons really, weren't they? They weren't, they were a comedy heel tag team. They weren't like a serious. Isn't that after this though? Like, because when does he face Christian at WrestleMania? Uh, Two thousand four, because it's at twenty. So that's that's ages away. Is is it at twenty that he faces Christian? So like, we've yeah. got the build up to Jericho versus Michaels. Michaels, that's next year's nineteen. Yeah, that's nineteen. Well, him and Christian are already got... a team by then, and they oh, kind of team. Because like, doesn't Christian team with one storm the Americans first? Yes, he does. But you, on the back end of that, when the brand splits in full effect and you've, it's um, Stefan and Bischoff, he ends up teaming with Jericho. Yeah, because he's, cha- he's champions going into the elimination. He's tag team champs going into elimination champions of our series, isn't it? So you've got, yeah. So, yeah, it's almost like they kind of lose Jericho for a bit. A bit of confusing time for him. It becomes like lower mid-card almost. Yeah. Which is yeah. wild, but like that's how much damage this angle did. Like, and that's why I had a, such a bit of taste in this match because it was just like in my head for the longest time, I was like, "This is the end of his main event run," and then it becomes lower mid card tag guy. Yeah, which so I that this was a proper burial, but it isn't. This match, like, he should have been staying in the main event after this. It was just yeah. flooded. You had Brock coming up, you had Rock coming back, you had Angle yeah. who was now being put into the match of vengeance. You had Hogan, arguably. You had Taker. You had Triple H yeah. who was back. You had Austin. 
Like that's already you've only got one championship at the moment, and you're already like seven or eight deep there of your top yeah. guys. Like something's got to go essentially. Yeah. Jericho's had his bit of time in the sun. That's it, and they knew Jericho could could eventually come back anyway, which he which yeah. he did. But I'm glad I went back and watched this match. I'm glad I yeah. like erased the only good thing that has come out of watching this pay per view is this match, and how much I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a cool match. Obviously, we've already said Triple H does get the win. Pedigree, top of the cell. Brief stint. He does the little pose on top of the Hell in a Cell, which almost becomes a little bit of a signature because now this just happens all the time because Lesnar does it at 2000, uh, No Mercy that year. Oh, the, After he the, Aker, he gets the on, top on top of the cell. And, of the cell. Yeah. Looked, very, looked very wobbly up there. Like, worrying at points when Jericho was walking around, I'm sure his foot went through it at one bit back on the corner. But very unsafe. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the reason they're a little bit more conservative now in terms of their uh, Hell in a Cell production. Well, it's um, smaller now as well, isn't it? They can't really... They've made it bigger. So you can't... Yeah. It's like... It's a shame. I mean, I, I prefer the Hell in a Cell when it's not red. Yeah. Or uh, getting its own entr- entrance music. Yeah. <laughs> we do have another segment. I don't know if you made... I don't know if you made any notes. I know, I know. I, I know exactly which... Well, I... I don't know exactly which one you're talking about because there's three segments that happen very quick fire. Oh, is there? Oh, I've got yeah. one and it's in WWF New York. It's the that, one that... I've got that one as well. I'm not going to mention the... I, I honestly thought you would have... So Angle does a bit more hiding and he does my favourite hiding where he puts oh, the yeah. cap on and the little, the little silver cape and he sits there and hides his head from his pass. That was cute. Then there's yeah. the weirdly over-sexual get the F out promo where I'm yeah. sure... I'm sure in that she puts a pill in her mouth and then kisses him. Like <laughs> just like, odd sex and drug use, just randomly. Like it's a bit like in 2002. Oh, okay. and they're playing sexual chocolate by Mark Henry, moving swiftly. Of course, of course, yeah, of course. And then Maiden's date with Tori. Um, I've yeah. never seen such such a lack of chemistry revolving around a woman talking about taking her clothes off, making her feel free. Yeah, like. I, I... <laughs> Well, that it was me even and, and Tori Wilson there, and then yeah, I have put this just like, and then she starts talking about being naked, and I'm just yeah. like, and he he spit takes and is like, What what are boobies? When did they start making those? Like, yeah, woeful chemistry. It's a hor- horrible, horrible segment. I thought there was no no energy, but then I was the little part of me was kind of like, huh, WWF New York, yeah, um, oh. always so said to myself, I'll... I'll get there, never did. I don't think I would have. I've seen some of the menus for the food and it looks dire. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't look good. I think we, do, I think we dodged the bullet then. Going. Fair enough. So after this, after this segment, I was ready for another break. Okay. <laughs> so I checked the time and I saw that there was only 40 minutes left. Yeah. And it was 30-ish minutes left, right? So I was like, okay, there's only the main left to do. I'll carry on watching. And then Billy and Chuck's music hit. And I genuinely, because I hadn't read the card going into this, I was like, I'll just wing it. I'm pretty sure I remember the whole matches. And it was like, who are they? No, this can't be the Rikishi bit. This happens at King of the Ring. Also, how long is this main event if we've still got this? We've still got the aftermath of this. We've still got the angle bit to do. I'm like, I'm sure the main event was like a 30-minute nap in the ring. Like, have I got something wrong about this main event? So I was just bewildered when... Billion Chuck's music started to come out. Yeah. Also, this gimmick hasn't aged well, has it? No, no, it's not. 
Um, I still think their entrance music is one of the best entrance musics ever. I still love I, it. Well, I, I love, love the it. gimmick as well. Right? The, when, yeah. when I was a kid, this gimmick was amazing to me. So this is like, a commitment ceremony. And they were like, the commitment oh, ceremony no. is really bad. Like, never seek that out, never watch that, kill it with fire. Um, it's so disgraceful. Wait, 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 oh, it's horrible. And like, the fact that someone wrote that and then two men acted that. Ugh, like, but the whole game is Billy and Chuck and just like stretching is good for the groin and like all the, the innuendo and the stuff like that. I just thought it's very much of its time and you could never really do it these days. Oh, but no, no. Then, like the whole package of that, I just I'm, I'm a big gun fan. Oh, I come in AEW at the moment with his kids, the ass men. Just thinking actually, like, would you say Tyler Breeze and Fandango's gimmick was was probably on par? It, no, because it. There was never any um, pet uh, homosexual references in it at all. They were ju- they were just attractive men who were like the fashion police thing is like a whole different level of humour that's more acceptable these days because like writing fashion tickets and being actual police for the fashion police club is incredible. Uh, He's just come back to WWE, you know, Tyler Breeze. Was he? Yeah, he got announced today. Um, he's part of a put down down again. He's not wrestling, but he's back. They've gotten back on oh. doing that. But apparently, in interviews, he's like, I'm "Not asked about wrestling anymore. Just get paid to play video games." Fair play, oh, Tyler. Fair enough. Don't blame him. No, um, so yes, yeah, so we have the the tag team match. It is what it is. Uh, Vinny Mac has chosen Rikishi's partner. He has chosen Rico. Genuinely got a laugh out of me again when Rico was like, when Rico was like, "Don't worry about this. Don't worry." And then went straight up to. Rikishi and went, come on, big lad, we got this. <laughs> Genuinely got a chuckle out of it. And Rikishi just put him like, get out of the ring, like, just go over there. God, I love Rico in this in this match, especially at the end, because he's like, one thing I thought was really funny, Billy and Chuck are leaving the ring, he's going with them, he's like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry, but then like looks at the belt and like just picks and grabs it, it cheapestly carries the guy. Like, I've got that yeah. very down, I love that bit. Like I this know, wasn't a match. Really this was just it was just an angle. It was more of a match than I expected it to be. Like there was a little bit of back and forth, and I didn't hate Rikishi at this time. Right, but everything was fine. It was funny. No. Um, Long off the face turn, are we here? Because he's, he's not for Rikishi. I don't think he's long term back face again. What did that happen before the alliance? Um, I don't actually know. Because he got thrown off the cell. Yeah. And then he came yeah. back face, but I don't know. How long he was gone for after the cell throwing? Oh, maybe after the cell throw, he comes back and he's teamed with Haku, and then no, 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 the cell throwings. Oh, is that? Yeah, hell in the cell. Yeah, you're oh. thinking 2000. Armageddon 2000. You're thinking 2001. He's teaming with Haku because that's how you get oh, the BOD is, back together. Um, it's surprising how much this stuff you remember and how much you don't. Weird, weird things. Um, I, do, I don't remember Rikishi at all in the invasion. Was he injured? That's what I'm thinking. Was he was he off? Because I know he comes back and he get like William Regal brings him out to attack someone and he ends up super kicking William Regal and then obviously that turns him face because that's all you needed to do really to turn face was, at the time was super kick William Regal. Genuinely don't remember. Mm, oh, it's a while ago. But yeah, this match for me, I didn't care. I, I still don't really care it about it. More, it was more of an angle. It was cute. Yeah, it was a filler for me. We've got we've got a few minutes to kill, but that does lead us into our white half downs, the final bat stay segment, which of course is um, the head shave, which was hilarious. It was. There was 
There was a lot of shaving foam in use. Also, yeah. what I found really weird was they just gave Edge a straight razor. As a man who has bicked his own head, the idea of someone else having a straight razor and like he went for it. I'm surprised he didn't cut him there, to be honest. Yeah, but you know, fair play to Angle for for lying there and letting him do it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention. You know how uh, Rikishi and Rico won the belts. Yeah, yeah. Got a hazard to guess how long they held them for. Oh, couldn't have been long. A Sixteen week? days. Sixteen days. Oh, yeah. You lost them back to Billion Truck. Of course, of course. Right before yeah. uh, Rico turns on Billy and Chuck. <sighs> yeah, with three minute warning. Yeah. We're not That's talking about that ceremony. We're not talking about that ceremony. Let's talk about ceremony. Um, so, yeah, so basically Edge puts Kurt to sleep and then shaves his head. Um, that barber had been stood there pretty much the whole night. Easiest paycheck um, of his life, isn't it? Like, didn't have to do any barbering. Just had to hand. <laughs> he's handed him that straight razor, though. Like, I wonder, it must have been bonded or something. They couldn't have given him an actual straight razor. Maybe they'd done a bit of training beforehand. He went vicious. He went like properly in with it. I don't think so. I thought, I thought he was going to Sweeney Todd him right there. <laughs> Cut his head off. That'd yeah. be funny. That'd been a, definitely. Um, been, uh, would have made yeah. this show a lot more interesting. Because con- considering how stacked <laughs> this card, considering how, <laughs> considering how stacked this card has looked, a lot of this has felt very beige. Like, yeah. it's just been like punch, kick, headlock, pick a winner. Like, and nothing some sort of beige more to me than seeing the match graphic for the main event. And I just, that is a very unsettling picture of Hulk Hogan stretching. Like, looking at, that screen, looking at that picture, like, he's looking, he's looking directly at me. He's got third degree gurns on him. Like, full on, oh, horrible. Like, I felt really uncomfortable when that mask got it came up. <laughs> I have a strong stomach for things, and I was like, oh, here we go. Like, we have to sit through this now. The main event, the main event, which, of course, as we've already said, Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker for the WWE Undisputed Title Belt. Um, what, what did you think of their little promo package? I enjoyed the promo package. You know what? I think that's why I have such fond memories of this show. Because of that promo package, I loved the the little flashes where it's like I'm going to be the judge, jury, and executioner of Hulkamania, and it's like it's like these flashes of Taker and different. Um, he's got the really cool uh, support nomads hoodie on, which I remember desperately trying to find online to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. never managed to find one. I love the fact that we we saw the kind of build up him coming out leveling Triple H with a chair, which of course then leads to their match at King of the Ring. The promo for the match is far better than the match was ever going to be, I think. I, I needed to give you a minute to talk about that because I found the promo package really boring and hokey. Oh, <laughs> so really? Because like, I, I knew you loved it, and I'm like, Hogan, like, the highlight of it was Hogan in this little helmet before he gets chained to a bike. Oh, yeah, you see? His <laughs> little, little leather jacket that he's never worn in his entire life. And he's like, yeah. that man's getting dragged somewhere. It looks like he's trying to be a biker, but oh, we, you can God, tell that he's so not bad. a biker. Um, the, like a, a German war helmet, what he was wearing, but it made it really small. Yeah. Oh, I'm on a and motorcycle. They, My name's Hulk Hogan. They did a really good job of well of cutting out the part of the um, thingy where he's on the bike. It's like, well, if you don't want none of this taker, I'll bring the bike up there to you, brother. Yeah. Um, on the actual that was, show. That was reasonably cool. Right? Yeah. 
but on the show, Hogan couldn't get the bike to start. And no, he was like 10 minutes looking like an absolute jackass, like proper selling Hogan trying to start the bike up. And Hogan couldn't start the bike for like 10 minutes. Because like, Hogan doesn't get it going. Yeah, Hogan and then eventually got it going and, and came after him. But by which time, of course, Taker was like, yeah, I'm going now. Yeah, and, right. you know, God, God bless, they, they got rid of that from the, the promo. But yeah. Um, him getting like dragged along the floor was pretty cool, and and I I really enjoyed the promo. And again, I, I think for me it's it's one of the reasons I like the show. But yeah, going into the match, outside of the fact we see the the first version of the um, you're gonna pay music, that's that's pretty much where the good stuff ends. I liked this version of them. I thought Livingston did this this something disservice. They did one hundred percent. Justin coming out to this and walking to the ring, no bike, just like, I thought that was quite, like, the whole Big Evil character. I wish they they did not bring up enough about Survivor Series 91 for me. Mm. Yeah, like, there was they do a slightly reference, but put yeah. that in the package, like, show flashes of that, like, the last yeah. time these two men fought was, like, a decade ago. 11 years. They're both back on Let's top. see. Yeah. It wasn't a clean winner that time. Let's see if we can get a clean winner this time. Like, just none of what would have made it a little bit more like pomp and circumstance to me because Hogan looks old here. He, 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 he does like, not look good. They start this match with some belt whipping, and there's something about Hogan wrestling in a t shirt that seems off. Like when he starts wrestling this match in like in his t shirt and taking over, it's like it doesn't seem right, he doesn't seem yeah. main event caliber. But then when he rips his shirt off, it's like, oh, okay, he's just yeah. this old orange man. <laughs> um, he, he gets put in a Boston Crab at one point. I feel like no, he gets put. So he goes to the leg drop. And gets counted, it, it goes to the leg drop and he gets counted into a single crab. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure in the five minutes he's in that move, I can physically see him age. Like I don't know what happens. Whether it's just he sweats a bit more, but it's it's almost like like his physical form wanes slightly, Alt- like from taking alters. damage. Yeah, yeah. It's him hulking up. That's how he does it. The how did you watch this show? Did you watch it on the network? Yeah, I watched it on the network. Did you notice that they got Jimi Hendrix, which really infuriated me? They did, yeah. They got it was just the normal. It wasn't Voodoo Child they used, which I'm Some sure is part generic. of the reason he was as popular as he was when he came back. Yeah, because he had the the cool intro. He was coming out. He was doing the air guitar. Everyone was just yeah. like, Ah, Hogan. Because yeah, I, 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 well, I love that Jimi Hendrix entrance when Hogan did, and I don't mm. even like Hogan that much. I just think it's a cool entrance. Yeah, yeah. It is a really cool entrance. Do we have to um, talk about the sad choke songs now? There was probably a little bit more to talk about in terms of Big Evil Undertaker. I thought, I think Big Evil Undertaker. I've got, I bought the reprint of that T-shirt. I bought that T-shirt when it first yeah. came out. I've, I've since bought the reprint of it, and I, lo- I love it. It's such a good T-shirt. It's aged so well. It still looks great. I did, I did really like Super Heel Undertaker. Like when he won the hardcore title of RVD at Vengeance and just went on this yeah. absolute tear. And it's like wearing the hardcore title up to watch and being like, well, I just want to fight people. Like, yeah. I thought it was quite a cool way to go with it. And obviously, it was popular enough where they wanted to move it slightly more of the car. Because I don't think they had faith in it getting as popular people. I thought people would be like, no, we want we want the Undertaker. Like, because he's not this big evil dead, uh, big evil red devil character for much longer after this. Like, because. He's faced by SummerSlam because he's faced, faced Test. Because he's against Test and the Un-Americans, isn't he? Like, yeah. it's, after, it's after... He's still a heel at Vengeance. Yeah. And then I think he gets beaten down by the Un-Americans because they want American badass to feud with Test, essentially. He's, 
There is a bit when he still. I think the problem is that he starts turning him face ish when he has the match with Hardy because at the end he comes back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's leading into vengeance because he defends it, at King of the Ring. Because it's like yeah. he's one of the first of you who actually defends the undisputed title because it seems cursed where people. Like Jericho defends it for ages by cheating, loses it, and then Triple H loses it on his first defense. Hogan loses it on his first defense, and it's Taker who gets it back and then defends it a couple of times. Yeah, so he, like he it's either like we need this defended like a couple of times because everyone just keeps losing it the second they're getting like some sort of curse. yeah. He um, lasts a pay per view. He takes on Triple H at King of the Ring and then loses it the month after at Vengeance, yeah, but he yeah. doesn't even lose it because Angle gets the pit. Angle gets, Angle gets pinned by, by Rock. Yeah, yeah. So he never loses it, but the. Also, the thing, I think it's maybe the week or two before Vengeance, he shakes John Cena's hand in the back after his match with Angle. And that's a big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a big deal as well. That kind of turning him face slowly. And then after he loses the belt, it's pretty much full full on rocket to, to be in face again. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he's not heel. I he'll take a hand more legs than it, but... Yeah, I, th- I felt... Company, yeah. man, and he just does what? All right, we need you to be face now. All right, okay, sure. So, yeah, same as game. Big, yeah. big, you know, seems to pan out for him. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he's definitely made his money. But yeah, this um, this match. So yeah, I did have the uh, the, the half is, crab. The match isn't anywhere near as bad. Like, I can't believe much to say this. The match isn't actually that bad. Like, no. it's fine. Like, because uh, but maybe that's because I expected it to be like the choke slimes are woeful. Choke slimes like, horrendous. They're so bad. Like, but well, the first one came came up. And it was bad. It was like two inches off the ground. It was like, Hogan just can't take a bat bump. I kind of get it. But then Hogan starts handing out leg drops like there were as orig- originals. He's leg dropping everyone. Like he drops like five <laughs> legs minimum. So it's like he clearly doesn't care about his back because that's going to kind of hurt more than like just a flat back bump, right? Yeah, you think. So, wh- so what? why are these chokes on so bad? They just won't jump. Like that's, yeah. I think that's what annoys me about the match more. Because like, I'd had it in my head, the choke slams are bad because Hogan never goes to ground and never wants to do anything. But, like, he's quite, he's not, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's no, like, spring chicken or anything like that, but he's moving. Like, there's, there's yeah. something there. Like, it still feels like a bit of a big title match. Yeah. I remember I remember this being way worse, and it actually was, like, it was easier to watch. Like, I didn't Hogan's grow matches are very form like got a very strict formula haven't they yeah so he's but yeah the the, the first choke slam is the, the whole problem i think here is either hogan doesn't want to jump i think it's or that. somehow just... can't but then i don't understand why he wouldn't want to jump do you know what i mean like literally all he needs to do is just give give take a little little Not thing like and that's it a young guy over is it like no personally if he's not wanting to jump I would have done. You know the spot they do after Taker wins. Oh yeah, because Taker winning with that choke slam makes the win weak. Like it just, yeah. it, like it takes all the air out of it. But if you literally have a ref distracted with McMahon and then he does the chair choke spot, which is cool, and then just pins him. Yeah, I think that's like, oh, he actually had to kill Hogan to pin him. Does everyone all sorts of favors because they're still going to do that spot afterwards anyway, aren't you? So yeah. like, just do that as your way to win the match. Like, don't even bother doing the choke slam if he's not going to jump for it. And I, he's not going to take the last ride. He's definitely not taking a tombstone. He's thinking, yeah, he could have hit something different, but yeah, he doesn't go for a tombstone, and he does definitely not get in the last ride on Hogan. But yeah, it, the the finish there felt, even though he hits it in the chair beforehand, 
and then choke slams him after. Yeah, it all the feels slam. very. The very second choke slam isn't even that bad. It's just like it's so soft, mm. and it's just like it just deflated me. Like, yeah, it's a sad, sad, sad ending to a match. Taker um, looked really annoyed as well. Like he wasn't celebrating. Yeah. And it just made the whole match seem more cursed when he was waiting for Hebden to put the belt on and he put it on weirdly to the side. Yeah. So everything walked off. Yeah. <laughs> like Hogan's on the floor cowering for some reason and all like just you know, and they panta Vince. They panta Vince who like does this weird smile. Yeah. Like Taker just his looks, jaw and Taker just looks annoyed yeah. to be there and like isn't celebrating at all. Yeah. But the crowd are. The crowd loved it. Which is really See, funny. I I was so the crowd seemed hot for the match, but the, the after bit, after the sad chokes, like, that sounded like fake crowd noise to me. It felt like it had been like added in post. Like it was a bit too, like, it didn't feel um, like, yeah, it didn't feel like a natural flow to like, what was going on. Maybe. So I don't know. Uh, they, the, the reaction afterwards, but his reactions were good. Take like when he's in the ring, like I know he, he looks, he looks literally angry, but like afterwards, like the, one of the final things you see on, on like the, before the screen fades, it's him like mouth into the crowd. I don't need you people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, take take a play this as well as he could, like fair play to him. Cause he has, he was, he was working uphill. Yeah. Going into a match with Hogan. I mean, like you said, at least Taker isn't a spring chicken at this point either. But he can still put a hell of a match on in comparison to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, funny little uh, side bit. The chair choke spot was actually a move on some of the WWE games. It was, it was like a yeah, chair yeah. finisher. Yeah, it was, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It's always like the idea I, I of doing it. it I, thought, I thought it was a cool like when Taker started doing like just anything, but at that time wrestling had become so like in its patterns, anything that felt a little bit different was nice and refreshing. Yeah, well, he started doing taking care of business at that point as well, the Dragon Sleeper. So you know they could have even had him. Well, I suppose no. I was just thinking before, about the Dragon they? Sleeper. Like, is is that what it's called? Because that's where they got it wrong in the car game, didn't they? Because he had the yeah. Dragon Sleeper as a taking care of business, but is the Dragon Sleeper? The Dragon Sleeper's taking care of business. Do we? What's his track? Because there's Hell's the, Gate was the the track. I thought it was the the Go Go Plateau with the knee on the leg under the chin. That's Hell. Yeah, that's Hell's, Hell's Gate. Gate. So yeah, the, that's the Triangle Choke just isn't called anything, right? No, no, I don't think so. Because taking care of business is definitely Dragon Sleeper, because he used it against Maven, and that's what they call it. Yeah, taking yeah. care of business. It's just they use the wrong picture in the car game, but you can't yeah. I yeah, I, totally. loved, I loved the triangle choke. I didn't like Hell's Gate, but I loved just the triangle choke. Mm. I, I I have it as my character's finisher on games. I love the Daniel Bryan oh, one that he's doing at the moment, where he puts him in the triangle choke and then just does like a double arm flex while he's lying on the ground. I think it's great. <laughs> so funny. I really like little things like that. I always think they're really funny anyway. Like yeah. little kooky bits like that where you can kind of put a bit of a, a, a twist on them. Um, but that that actually ends the show. And a couple of things Ooh. that did come up there. I think that's the last time the Undertaker wins the WWE title. Yeah, it is, yeah. He has the world title a couple of times, mm. but never wins the WWE title again. That's it. Yeah. 2002. Awful. Never let him have that's it again. That's the thing. Acton, he retired this year. So, mm. like, he has these two months, and then that's 20 years of just... Only big goldie for you, pal. Yeah. Just, just, just really, really weird. Yeah. Um... Yes, that was really it. I mean, overall, that's the the pay per view. Why did you make me do this again? 
Because <laughs> you agree to it. You agree to it. This is just one of those shows that I think I look back on and like have fun memories of it. But then when it comes time to actually sitting and looking at it, I go, actually, yeah, this is pretty awful. Yeah, this, this pay-per-view was two hours and 40 minutes long, and I felt every single second of that two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> You'll never get like, that two hours and 40 minutes never, back. Never, never. I mean, joking aside, there was actually some good stuff on this. On this. Like, I'm glad I got to go. And, I'm, I'm way more negative about it than I think I should be. Like, I'm never watching this again, but I think after I've had time to process it a little bit more, it probably doesn't come out as one of the worst shows I've ever seen. Because it's got like... Mm-hmm. Edge angle is fine. Triple H versus Jericho is really good. Eddie RVD is is good, if not yeah. too short. Like there is good on the card. It's just there was a lot of sort of the women's match was just more of an angle. A lot yeah. of the matches felt like they were slow, plodding. Yeah, had too much sort of punch, kicky, rest hold. Like the handicap match was just weird and disjointed. Like you look at this card and it's like top to bottom, you've got so much talent and like. Yeah. So much potential and it just all comes across like really flat, like no one's that interested, no one really knows what they're doing. But they didn't at this time. Like Yeah. This is prime this is the the big transition period between attitude and ruthless aggression. And yeah, it definitely shows on the card. Yeah. The only non cringe thing that I found for the backstage segments was on Anderson's attire. Like outside of that it all came across as a bit like even the even even the the, the backstage stuff with, like, the Benny Hill chasing angle, like, doing the first one's fine, but there was, like, three different times we went back to that well after the match. Yeah. I'm just seeing where they were, and it's, like, it's just, it comes across as very much. They didn't even fill the full three hours of pay-per-views at that time. Like, eight oh. matches. <laughs> eight matches, all this, this backstage stuff. There's a lot crammed into two hours and 40 minutes. Like, there's a lot yeah. going on in this one. And like you um, said, all you need to do is maybe add maybe an extra five minutes onto the Eddie match. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Easily get this up to an hour. Like, yeah. up to that three hours. I just don't think they had it in them. I don't think they wanted to. No. They can't. Like, people have paid the money anyway. Yeah. They're like, uh, they're like, um, oh, like Evil Knievel. They get paid for the attempt. Mm-hmm. I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't in good conscience recommend for people to watch this. And and it's funny, like if you've got any morbid curiosity, WWE's YouTube channel posted the main event of this show today on their YouTube channel. Oh, did they? Twentieth anniversary, isn't it? So I like, oh, they, they actually like posted this, which is wild because that shows that you take some sort of pride in it existing. Yeah, like, it's Hogan Baker uh, for the WWE post, title. Posting anything that's got Hogan in in twenty twenty runs a flight risk on its own. And like, oh, all's forgiven, man. With Hogan, all's forgiven. He's back in the, he's back in the fold. We need to stop. <laughs> we need to stop trusting that man. So, yeah. yeah. Overall, pay per view is okay. Um, definitely finding its way towards the ruthless aggression era. We're definitely not in the attitude era anymore, but we're not quite in the ruthless aggression era either. Um, overall, we wouldn't recommend people watch this show. Just listen yeah. to this instead, and 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 yeah, just feel enjoy, enjoy this. <sighs> Enjoy two middle thirties men moan about wrestling from when they were pre-teens, and or in your case, a teenager. I say, I say, speak for yourself, pal. I will. Um, what are we? We might as well have a quick talk about this. What are you going to put me through next? Have you got any ideas? I did have a list, didn't I? But oh, that no. list is, is long since uh, long since gone. I was thinking maybe if we try and look at something 
a little bit more modern. Well, back a little bit more modern. Something maybe like 2004 to 2006, maybe. Something. I, I, like I want to be out of the. I want to be out of the early 2000s right now. I'll I'll do something from 2010 on. 2010 onwards. Okay, I'll find something. I'll find something. I, I, I want. I want to. I want to find something on the fly right now. While it, while it's still down. Oh gosh. Let's see. Pencil Here we in. go. Yeah, we are going to pencil something in. <laughs> oh baby, should I make you do bragging rights 2010? Bragging rights 2010. What the hell yeah. happened in bragging rights 2010? Exactly. What the hell did happen in bragging rights 2010? That was. You literally just typed in like really bad WWE pay per views from. Of course I did. It was headlined by Wade Barrett challenging Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. We'd get to talk about the Nexus. Oh my god, it'd be the Nexus, yeah. Yeah, it, it's that one. Oh, wow. Uh, right, yeah. do, you me, do, you me, do you want me to pick three and you can choose which one you want? Oh, go on. go on then. Okay, go so we can, e- we can either do Bragging Rights 2010. We can either do Over the Limit 2012. That's the one that's main evented by John Laurinaitis. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> or we can do um, Survivor Series 2013. Nah. Uh, it was main evented by Big Show versus Randy Orton. Should we have a chat about the Nexus? I feel like that's the one that has piqued your interest the most. Should we do a bit of bragging rights? Pretend like Raw versus uh, SmackDown means something. Okay. Yeah. Bragging rights 2010. We'll pencil it in. I'll put it in that, my, that, uh, that, that in my does also ha- That does also have... Um, that's more Cena as the ref, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's Survivor Series. This is the one that leads into oh. Cena being the ref. Oh, okay. God. It's got, it's headlined by a forgettable 14-man tag. Is that the Nexus versus Team WWE? Hey, or... No, that's nope, SummerSlam, that Summer Slam. Yeah, exactly. That's how forgettable it is. You don't even know who's in it. Are <laughs> you using it? I'm assuming it's for Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Then. Probably. I couldn't tell you. Bragging rights 2010. We're, de- we're, de- we're definitely okay. doing Bragging rights 2010. Okay, so based on based on our last uh, pen, I will see you in season six for. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll try and be more free for this one. Um, Bragging rights 2010 as our cringeworthy WWE pay per view of the uh, of the season. I'll, I'll keep digging. I'll keep digging these boys out. Um, just to give you a taste of what you're in for, it does have David Otunga and John Cena. Uh, facing off against Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre for the tag team championships. <laughs> oh my lord! Let's That's... go. Let's go back to 2010. 2010. Yeah. Uh, is that after the legacy? It's after the legacy. No, it's, it's after the legacy. Yeah. Oh my lord! Mm. Drew McIntyre and uh, yeah. Cody Rhodes as the tag team champions. Oh my goodness me! The, the dashing ones. He'd be dashing Cody, yeah, he would be dashing Cody Rose at this point, wouldn't he? Oh my goodness me. Okay, yeah. Okay, we'll pencil it in. Bragging rights, oh. 2010. Oh, do you want one more spoiler? There is a match on here that I know you're going to be really excited to talk about. Okay. There's a Buried Alive match. Oh, Buried Alive in 2010. Yeah. Who do you think's in it? Taker and someone else. <laughs> it's Kane versus Taker. Kane versus, oh, is it for the uh, the world title? It's for the world the... title. Oh goodness me! With Paul Paul Bearer there as well. Isn't oh it? yes, oh yes. Let's <laughs> let's talk about this monstrosity of a show. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, we're penciling in Bragging Rights 2010 as our next cringeworthy uh, WWE pay per view review, and um, we'll we'll get that to you hopefully um, before season ten of this show. <laughs> no promises. Okay. No promises, but we'll try and get it in. 
cool so we'll call it uh we'll call it a day um is there anything you want to uh, your twitter and all that type of stuff before we get out of here uh yeah so if any of my terrible wrestling takes or uh big old moans have been of any intrigue intrigue to anyone uh my twitter is at king smudge k-i-m-g s-m-u-d-g-e i do a lot of uh magic the gathering talk as well because of I'm a big sweaty nerd who likes sweaty cards and taking extra turns in Magic the Gathering. So uh, come over and give us a follow if you fancy. Wonderful, wonderful. I will throw mine out then. So Big Boss Book Club Instagram, Big Boss Book Club Facebook, Big Boss Zero One Zero on Twitter. I'm also a big, big sweaty guy who likes likes sweaty cards and wrestling. I can thank you to Martin for coming on again and being a, a wonderful guest as usual. I know he probably won't be able to say anything because I don't think his recording will let him. But uh, my EVP of sound and production, Jim, uh, King Jimmy on uh, on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for uh, once again producing the show. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Big Boss. I'm out. We are out. Bye. Peace.